that you're here today. We're talking about the story of Joseph this Sunday in worship. Joseph of the Old Testament, the one who was sold into slavery by his brothers, the one you may have seen in a Technicolor dream coat. My mom always had a crush on Donny Osmond, and so she was a big fan of Joseph, the amazing Technicolor dream coat. Today we're going to hear a slightly different story, and I want to I want to be upfront and honest with you. So normally I record three of these for the week, three reflections on the week and the story that's coming up in worship to give you enough background. I normally do three, and this week I found myself avoiding recording any at all. I had great excuses, I had good reasons, and so I just told myself I was too busy this week to do it, and I've been putting it off and putting it off. And this morning I kind of had to have an honest moment with myself, and the truth is that I haven't been putting it off because I was too busy, and I didn't have a good reason not to be doing it. The real reason that I didn't do it is because this text is so challenging. It's so hard. I try to always have a good word from God. What What is it that's a good word from God today that, that will carry us through that when you are in the hospital room or, or having a bad day at work or whatever, you have that little message, that little seed of hope for you in your heart that will carry you through. And this week's message is not one of those. Well, it is and it isn't. It's a text that, depending on who you are, is either extremely challenging or life-affirming. And it's got some difficult material in it. So I'm just going to read a little bit of what's happening. Joseph has uh, was sold into slavery by his brothers to a wandering band of uh, traders, of merchants, and they sold him eventually to an Egyptian whose name was Potiphar. He rose up in the ranks and became sort of the head slave, the the one in charge of Potiphar's house. And so he has, for a slave, a position of power. And he also turns out well-built and handsome, as my Bible says. Uh, Literally, it says in verse 39, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. So he's a young man from a foreign country who is attractive. And Potiphar is painted as distracted and not present at his house. And so this is a recipe for disaster. And if you don't know the story, you probably know what's coming up. Potiphar had a young wife. Now, men and women had different standards for what was considered adultery. And it had different punishments depending on whether you were of Hebrew descent or of Egyptian descent or and basically the rule is this, is that unmarried people don't can't commit adultery. That's not a thing. You can't commit adultery if you're unmarried. Unmarried men can't commit adultery at all. Women who are married can commit adultery, and men who are married can commit adultery if it's not one of the approved wives or concubines. Does that make sense? It's kind of confusing. Basically, women were only allowed to have one partner men were allowed to have as many partners as they wanted. So Potiphar's wife notices that Joseph is attractive, and she says, his master's wife became attracted to Joseph and said, sleep with me. Basically, Joseph said to no. Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him because he's attractive and young, and she's lonely, it sounds like. And she has a position of authority and power in this situation. She is of a higher social standard, even though she's a woman. She's a Egyptian woman, so she has that position of power, and 
she's Potiphar's wife, the wife of a royal official. And so she has that positional power, society power too. Joseph really has nothing. And one day when Joseph arrived at this household at work, she had sent all the men away. And she grabbed his garment and said, lay down with me. But he left his garment in her hands and ran outside. Now, this is not um, like a robe or a shirt or pants or something like that. Joseph would have worn what we think of as a loincloth, essentially. It was a, a skirt that was wrapped around his bottom and belted. And so when she took his garment, he took, she took all of his clothes. He was naked when he ran outside. And immediately she realized what trouble she was in. And so she made up a story that Joseph had attacked her. And here was the proof, the garment that she had taken. And this is what's so challenging about this story, because it's clearly a case of assault. It's not a case of assault that we, we often think about. It's not a case of assault in the way that we normally understand it, because normally when we think about this, it's happening the other way around. It's you know a woman who's being assaulted by a male. And that story happens just previous to this. Tamar has a similar experience where she is assaulted and denied her personhood by a family. And the question is, what do we do about these texts that are terror texts that are difficult and challenging and hurtful and don't have a don't seem to have a redemptive quality. Why does the Bible include them? What's the point? Why are they there? And I think it's a couple of reasons. One, they're there because it's true. And I don't mean historically true. We don't know. There's no record of Potiphar. There's no record of Potiphar's wife. There's no record of Joseph in the Egyptian stories. We don't know that this is necessarily a historically factual story, but it's true. The truth is that this happens to people all the time, that they are put in positions where they have to choose between their morals, their ethics, what they know is right, and their job, their position, their relationships, their families. And Potiphar's wife, whose name we don't know, put Joseph in a situation where he was the weaker and the more vulnerable one, and she took advantage of that. And that is such a true story. It happens all the time. The powerful take advantage of the weak. Joseph's response is also really important. Now, I've never been put in this position. I don't know what I would do if I were Joseph. But I have been put in positions where I've had to choose between what I know to be right and what the people who have power over me tell me I have to do. And I know that when you go to sleep at night, if the choice is to keep my mouth shut because... I just want everybody to get along or to keep my mouth shut because I want to keep my position or if the choice is to give up on what I know to be right and to be true, then I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because in the end, all I have is me and my integrity and who God called me to be. It doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious and it doesn't mean there aren't times to pick your battles. Joseph clearly tried to redirect her. He clearly said, this is my boundary. This is where as far as I go and no further. But when it came down to it and he had to make a choice, when he had no other route, he chose devotion to God and loyalty to himself. What kind of choice do you make? Where are you having this power put over you? Where are you being told the lie that you're getting along to go along? That your position in your society or in your family or in your movement is more important than telling the truth, than your integrity 
than who God called you to be. In the end, that's all we have. God bless.